Let me get a cup of coffee real quick. Getting a cup of coffee. Because it's still early in the morning. And you gotta get your energy. So making a cup of coffee. Oh, it's already been made. Now you brought it back. I can hear you in the microphones that I'd left on the desk. I can still hear the singing in the kitchen. You can hear my singing through the headphones, even though they're off in another room. Yeah. (laughs) That's how powerful my singing is. Yeah. It's beautiful. It resonates through the walls, man. Well, hello, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What up? Hot drop comes, and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing today? I'm good. Getting caffeinated. Nice, of course. Getting, <laughs> getting your energy. Uh, <laughs> uh, about to, I, I'm, I'm getting this, I want to get this done and out of the way so I can go up and enjoy the pool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we want to get, I mean, I it. don't, I don't want to get it done and out of the way. I don't want to like, it's not a chore. Well, this is, yeah, this is the, you know, obligatory thing that you have to do before you get to enjoy the activities, much like the couples in couples retreat, which is the movie that we watched today. Continuing shitless month. Um, I want to go enjoy my Eden. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking shitless month. And here we go with Couples Retreat. Yes. A movie that was chosen by you. You'd mentioned that you'd seen it once. Or no, I'd seen like parts of it. You know, it's, it's like it's one of those movies that's always on cable. And yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. So I've, I've seen, seen like, like the the scenes like certain scenes yeah i've seen like five ten minutes of it on cable as well but i hadn't seen the whole thing yeah like the Um, shark scene totally i've seen before that was familiar yeah i'd seen the uh the the scene where he's not wearing any draws oh yeah yeah yeah. the beach scene where they're all lined up yeah yeah the yeah so um yeah this uh this film um, <laughs> you know, we we also had you choose it because it was a continuation of the Dana Fox mm. series of movies. We should have known. Um, Dana Fox uh, is a co-writer on this film. She also, my uh, she also wrote What Happens in Vegas, your other choice of this month. Uh, but she was a co-writer on this film along with John Favreau and Vince Vaughn. Oh, really? They actually yeah. co-wrote this? My guess is that John Favreau and Vince Vaughn probably, like, had the story in mind from probably their own, like, personal experiences. And then they're, like, yeah. in a room and they're just like, well, you know, we got this idea. We got this, like, contract with our studio here to make a film. So what if we got a scriptwriter and what if we wrote a movie where we get to go to Bora Bora? <laughs> so basically they just wanted to take a vacation. I mean, I mean, did you see that fucking place? That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> it was, it put fool's gold to fucking shame with. The oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Yes. My, well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. But as always with shitless movies. See, see, this is what I try to do when I choose movies that I know are going to be B rate, if not lower in other respects and the normal respects, I at least try to make up for it with some eye candy. You know? <laughs> like we're be sitting here good. watching a movie. Yeah, I want it to look good. Looks good. Let's yeah. enjoy something. Uh, um, we'll go into, but before we uh, talk more about the production side of this and, and all that, let's go into the Rotten Tomatoes because it's a shitless movie. Mm-hmm. What do we got? So, I didn't even look. Usually, I look for shitlist. Hundred and sixty-four reviews. What okay. is the Rotten Tomatoes percentage? 
Hmm. I'm going to be liberal and say like 15%. 10%. Okay. Okay. So it's still double digits, but it's about as low as you can go. It is 1% lower than the wedding date. <sighs> Justice. Anyway. At, at least it's lower. <laughs> Uh, despite a talented cast and some reliably pleasant interplay between John Favreau and Vince Vaughn, couples retreat leaves viewers stranded in and in an arid, mirthless comedy. That is the critics' consensus. Hmm. And let's get into some of these reviews. Mirthless, uh, mirthless comedy. Yes, mirth. Mirth is kind of considered like a jovial feeling, like. You know, when, when you've had a couple of drinks, that kind of like jovial feeling is also called mirth. Mirth, I dare say. <laughs> I'm feeling particularly uh, mirthy today. <laughs> so, um, Shubra Gupta of the Indian Express, considered a top critic, gave it a bad review, one out of five, and wrote, Couples Retreat is all about acknowledging feelings and good sex. Do we really need a film to tell us that? Yes. 100%. Yes. My biggest complaint. <laughs> we'll get there, but yes. Yeah. Um, Deborah Ross of The Spectator, also considered top critic, gave it a negative review, wrote, The narrative is clunky and lazy. <laughs> there, It's only there to get characters from A to B without any respect for coherence or us, the audience. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> Josh Larson, Lar who writes for Larson on Film, so obviously a blog. Uh, Quality. Gave it a negative review, 1.5 out of 4. And <laughs> the blurb they have for from him is, a Tyler Perry movie for white folks. Huh. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of that. I can see that. I can <laughs> like, see I that, can see yeah. That. A million percent, yes. Uh Cosmo Landisman of the Times in the UK is also considered a top critic. Negative review, one out of five. Couples Retreat is so formulaic, so fake and relentlessly bland, it's hard to care if any of these pairings get a divorce, drown, <laughs> or are eaten by the sharks. Oh my god! It has neither the ring of truth nor the fun of fantasy. Wow. That... That might be one of the harsher reviews I've ever heard of. Yeah. There. That's yeah. god damn. Um, yeah, that. <laughs> um, and it's so it's uh, it's so vivid. Like damn. Yeah. Finally got to I had to go to the second page. This is the first time I've ever had to go to the second page for a positive review. Uh, the positive review, written by Jolene Mendez of the Entertainment Spectrum. Okay. Three out of five. Uh, Bora Bora was a beautiful location to film at and added that much needed taste of paradise to a rather bittersweet subject of a troubled marriage. So basically they said Bora Bora was a good little to look at and thus gave it a relatively positive review. Uh, about, wow. So That's yeah. about, that's yeah. All right. That's about that's, right. Yeah, that's about all you can do. Um, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't in a decent mood most of the time, especially whenever Bora Bora was shown on screen. <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, I'll go with, let's see. That's the, that's really like, that's the first positive review we get to. And it's just like, yeah, Bora Bora is cool. Bora Bora looks real good. And, um, and finally, we'll go back with the negative review from Adam Woodward, a top critic uh, from Little White Lies, whatever that is. Gave it a two out of five. Uh, the only thing that will keep your attention for the duration is the stunning Tahitian scenery that acts the film's setting. On reflection, this is probably what swayed most of the cast to sign up to this inane guff of a film in the first place. <laughs> And to that, I say, most likely, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into the stats and talk a little bit more about the production. 
Uh, Couples retrieved as a 2009 American romantic comedy film directed by Peter Billingsley, marking his directorial debut and written by John Favreau, Vince Vaughn and Dana Fox. Uh, Vaughn and Favreau, yeah, Vaughn and Favreau uh, star <laughs> with Jason Bateman, Faison Love, Kristen Davis, Malin Agerman, uh, Kristen Bell, and Jean Reno plays Marcel. Um, Jean he, Reno. Yeah, Jean Reno. I mean, oh, Jean Reno. But I mean, it's spelled R E N O, like Reno. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, the film shot mostly on the French Polynesian island of Bora Bora. And Which, like, God damn it. I'm looking at pictures yeah. of it right now. It's just like... Uh, the, As the satellite image of it is gorgeous. Like, just the satellite image, man. As they said in the film, this looks like a screensaver. Like, it, it, Yes. It looked like they filmed at a screensaver. A hundred percent. The, like, the multiple little mountains and islands scattered throughout in the distance and the backgrounds of shots was oh my god it was so beautiful in so many levels the colors the depth the atmosphere of it all the little cloud cover that they had the beautiful water oh my god i couldn't get enough i couldn't get enough. clearly mm-hmm. clearly can like can we fucking go there right now please <laughs> uh we're just going to record the podcast remote from Bora Bora from now on, that's going to be our location. Yeah. That's, that's where we live now. <laughs> um, the movie was released on October 9th of 2009. It's an interesting time to release a movie, let alone a movie about a tropical Island. Yeah. Like, I guess there's no good, like time set up for a movie about couples therapy. So, like it's not like, oh, this is about couples therapy. Valentine's Day weekend. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah, I guess it's just you release it when you release it. I guess. Um, Wait, what? What day was it released? October 9th. Um, what's that? Isn't there like a a midwestern version of Valentine's Day in October too? Fuck if I know. It's called like something cheesy and i can't remember it now it's like damn it come back to me <laughs> it's called gouda day gouda day god no. said it was cheesy uh, 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 uh. uh running time for the film is uh, an hour and 53 minutes boy howdy did it feel it um yeah it was a bit long Yes. It didn't, I mean, to me anyway, it didn't feel as long as it could have for an hour and 50. Like for a rom-com standard, hour and 50 for a rom-com can feel really long. I mean, I will say this. It didn't, like when it ended, it was a bit of a surprise because it didn't have the whole like typical, here's the end of act one. Here's the end of Act yeah. 2. Here's the musical montage. Like, that was obviously the climax where, like, breakups happen. And now, you know, now we get to the resolution and everyone's back together and happy. Like, they did have that at the party, like, there. But that party felt like it was going to be more of, like, a mid-movie scene. And it actually was the ending scene. Like, the big resolution. Yeah. They get to the yeah. party. Um. Yeah, you're right. It didn't have the same traditional progression of action which, scenes that we were used to, especially from rom-coms. Yeah, which if I was enjoying myself and enjoying the experience of watching the film, it would have been kind of cool to just be like, man, this has flowed by. Right. I just hated watching it. So <laughs> it was like, I, I was just ready for it to end at any time. So it was just like, oh, oh shit, it looks like it's over cool <laughs> like good um the budget for this film would you like to have a guess oh god okay so we've got a shit ton of significant actors in this yes there's some and, actors and bora bora and filming on location in bora bora 
So I'm guessing easily like 45, 50 million. $60 million. Yeah. Yeah. They spent $60 million to film this. That's insane. But I, but not surprising. Like that's totally, I get it. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. This festering turd of a script fetched $60 million to produce. How much did it make at the box office? Again, lots of big names. Couples retreat. It's an easy name. Rattles around in your brain a little bit. A lot of people can relate to it. I'm guessing it did pretty well. 120? 171.8 million dollars. Oh, I was a little lower, but a little lower, but your reasoning was but, yeah. spot on. It, it it yeah. Somehow it made three times its budget. That's uh, also insane, but also not surprising. Like I get it. Yeah. Uh the primary location for filming was at the St. Regis Bora Bora Resort. Uh and uh, as far as marketing was, <laughs> was concerned, uh, Universal Pictures was criticized for removing actors Faison Love and Callie Hawk from the international posters for the film. That'd be the African-American couple of the film. <laughs> they, were sh- they showed only six rather than eight cast members in the United States promotional materials. So that'd be wow. Bateman and Bell, Hickerman and Vaughn, and... Uh, Favreau and Davis. Um, wow. The studio said it, regret, it regretted causing offense and has abandoned plans to use the revised poster in other countries. In 2020, Faison Love filed a lawsuit accusing Universal of race discrimination and whitewashing for continued use of the offending poster. So that's currently in litigation. Cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The amount of shit that you can get yourself into just because of marketing. Like, yeah. it's not the movie itself that's getting into trouble. It's just the marketing posters. It's funny you should say that. Because Universal Pictures, after spending $60 million to just make the film, partnered with various groups to, for financial support, support to help the marketing of the film. Uh, sponsors include... The tourism board of Tahiti, where the film was made. Uh, the manufacturers of Bud Light and Captain Morgan's Rub. Uh, Bloomingdale's department store and Crunch Jibs. And also the video game Guitar Hero is prominently featured in the film. So uh, there's a reason why you saw those brands in the film. And there's a reason why it's just, you know, they're, they're showing a lot of really nice shots of Bora Bora. Because Universal Pictures is like, if we're going to spend this much to make this fucking film, we're going to try to recoup it as much as possible by marketing the shit out of yep. things here and there. I mean, excellent choice by Bora Bora to be like, hey, this is a tourism opportunity. Everything they show on screen, that's going to be us. Let's make sure it looks damn beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then there's another lawsuit. Um a former model named Arena Krupnik filed, and uh, that model was the one that John Favreau was looking at in the uh, on the. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, Did they not get her permission or something? Well, they thought, like most likely that was a stock photo. Oh my god! Where the uh, they she. That model filed a $10 million misappropriation of likeness invasion of privacy lawsuit, naming several defendants, including the producers of Couples Retreat, arising from a purported masturbation scene in which actor John Favreau uses a photo of her. Uh, The Manhattan Supreme Court, Judge O. O. Peter Sherwood, ruled against Krupnik, and she received nothing. Wow. Uh, because with modeling photos, those contracts are usually ironclad and have no rights for the model themselves, mostly. So, uh, lovely insight into modern society. 
Plus, he didn't even touch his wing. Come on. <laughs> he was just he was just applying it for the sunburn. It was just the sunburn. Yeah. Yeah. Is this lotion right. good for sunburns? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was just there's nothing to there's nothing to yeah there's nothing to you know you didn't walk in on anything. I'd have a sunburn. I had a sunburn. That I think for me, I'm just gonna launch into a complaint of mine. If that's all right, let's go. Let's. You know what? That's what this movie's all about. Is fucking complaining. Okay. So let's go ahead and all complain right. about the film. I want to fucking that's complain. What they, yeah. So that brings me to my major complaint: the sex shit. Like, all right. I get it. Sex jokes are funny as shit. If they're done correctly. I don't need them overpopulating an entire script. It doesn't need to be every five minutes. We have an entire scene devoted to a sex joke. Sex jokes should be naturally part of the dialogue or the script or the scene or whatever. It's not the scene. You know how much of this movie was devoted to gags about like physical stuff, sex, masturbating, cheating, humping. I mean, like, I get it. I'm not trying to be a prude here or anything, but like for fuck's sake, is that it for the comedy? Uh, yes, that's about all they had. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just, I've never been like, that's with sex jokes. It's never been my go-to for comedy. No, like and and everything else. Cause, there's just the whole because we're not 15 yeah like yes there's a part of us that always will be 15 so of course in the right situations that shit's still funny <laughs> like but it has to be in the right situation it's not just like you made a penis joke i will say this when you think of the movie american pie you think Oh God! Like what a sophomore, absolute yeah. like, you know that that movie has no like value or blah 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 blah. But if you really think about the joke of <laughs> of Jim fucking the pie as a as a as a seventeen slash eighteen year old. Literally putting his dick in a warm apple pie because he heard his friends say that that's what a vagina feels like. And he was so intrigued to know what that felt like <laughs> that you then have the visual gag of his bare ass and him holding a warm pie. <laughs> like, Again, like, okay, when I, when I rewatch that, yeah, that's, that's funny in that's concept. Funny. Because, because you have to take the context. He's literally just trying to figure things out. He is a seventeen slash eighteen year old trying to find things exactly. out and exploring his body in a very natural way. And, 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 and it's a funny visual because no one expects you to see you fucking a pie at any point in time. Now here we have a very fit Carlos Ponce. A Latino star, so it's it's a guy who I've been familiar with Boom. way before, Boom. Um, who plays Salvador as the yoga instructor, uh, and then because it's yoga and because he's extremely fit, Uh-oh. he of course is the, the Blue Angels showed up. Uh oh, this is something we we're trying to avoid. It started. Oh no! So um, we're recording this during the Air and Water Show in Chicago, which is generally an annual major thing for Chicagoans. Oh my God, they're like right in front of my fucking window. It's terrifying. I honestly, <laughs> I hate living here during this. Like, I keep thinking they're gonna fly into my fucking building. And since Max and I live near the lakes in different buildings. Not the lakes, the lake in different lake, buildings. Yeah. Um, he he's gonna be able to see them because he's on the thirteenth floor. I don't necessarily see them, but I hear them with my with one of my windows open. And I mean, even my windows weren't open. 
Yeah, I can hear them yeah. without. I don't have the windows open at all. Yeah, so you may hear, you know, planes flying in the background. Uh, if you do, just you know, <laughs> know what, what know is. what it is, know what it is. It is what it is. And if you yeah. hear me start like yipping because I think I'm gonna get attacked, then... <laughs> they get uh, so close. They fly through like the buildings in. Cause I live right on that little crux of the, the North corner of the, of the park. Yeah. And so those tall towers that border the park, they will actually fly through the buildings. Yeah. I, I don't know that that's how is this not a no fly zone? Like, have we not learned from 2001? <laughs> that honestly, <laughs> like, yes, like I'm forever, like, that's always going to be in the back of my mind. Like, yes, that's possible now. Thank you for proving that, guys. Uh, gosh, that's the, the 20th anniversary this year of that. Jesus, it's hard to believe that it's actually been 20 years, two decades. Yeah, that That's literally in two weeks. Holy fuck. Wow. wow. It's, wow. I mean, like when I think about the reality of it, yeah, eighth grade, yeah, that was a long ass time ago. But in my knee jerk reaction, when I think about the memories, it's just like, still feels. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I just remember my mom and I, that whole year to make extra money delivered newspapers. So we woke up at uh, yeah. three, three o'clock every morning and got up, got into the car, picked up the newspapers, rolled them up, went down the same route. And I got out of the car and threw them to the doorstep and everything else. And we walked the streets and, and everything else. And then when we got back on that day, like, at six, it was like we got back to the apartment at like six a.m. and then, like I guess right around about fifteen minutes later, there was a special report and the first plane. Mm. Yeah, I had, like, I had just gotten to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was nuts. Did you you didn't like you didn't you didn't process it right? Like you were. At first, like, you didn't really understand what was going on, right? I didn't. Yeah, I mean, the, the like, the, yeah, the magnitude of it is, yeah. was, was lost on me. I, you know, I was just thinking, like, because they were like, oh, my gosh, they hit the Twin Towers. And I, that was the first I had heard of the Twin Towers as buildings. Like, I heard, <laughs> I heard of the Empire State Building. Sure. But like, I don't. I didn't think of New York architecture. So right. like, I, I like so the Twin Towers. I was just like, I don't. Yeah, I didn't think about the Twin Towers as buildings, you know. And yeah. they were relatively recent because they were made in the seventies, right? I think yeah, late seventies. Yeah. 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 So it was just like, I I didn't really think. Holy I, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That one actually turned and came at the building before fucking going straight up in the air. That came at me at my level. That was bullshit, and I don't like it. I should not have opened the blinds. This isn't a visual medium, but Max legit jumped in his chair. Because we're talking about fucking nine eleven, and then this flew, blue angel and then a fucking plane is flying at you. Came right plane. at me. Oh, oh, oh my god! Oh, they fly so low. So I think it's indicative of this film that we have. Yeah, we're already. About yeah, now we're distracted. Airplanes and nine eleven. Uh, this oh movie god. has brought about. Images of the worst terrorist attack performed <laughs> on this country soil. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, what do we think of this film? 9 11. 
Yeah, 911 guys. Uh, yeah, this is this is what we think of shitless Robcom films. <laughs> they are as bad as 911. Oh my uh, god. You know, you know though I like I went into this I went into this episode actually not hating it as much as I thought I would. Like I I don't I mean it's bad. But it had potential, I felt like. It's just, just, it's the same old thing we always bitch about. It's the script. It's so bad. Yeah, it's the script and the, just the choices that the filmmakers make, once again. Yeah. And and it's and also, it's just a matter of the, the what they centered this whole film on. And this is what I thought immediately. It's like, they centered the whole film, like the conflict that they had to overcome was the annoying fight bits of a couple yeah that was that made me so uncomfortable to watch they this movie basically said hey you know how in your life you and your significant other may have arguments or you know disagreements that you guys just you can hear that one outside my one See, that's the thing. I'm on the back end. I literally just watched those fly up to you. I was literally, yeah. there's four blue angels and I'm watching them. I'm like, those are going towards Renee's. And then I'm yeah. listening to them as they get closer to you. That's the thing. So you know how you're on like the front end because like the, they, like I'm on the back end. Like I'm at like the finish line. Yeah. So like, yeah. The, I'm at the part where they've like, they got to the finish line and they're just like, they run through the finish line. So like I'm at the most like exhaust sounding. Like I think you're at the turnaround point. Actually, they just came back. I think so too. So that's why it sounds so loud on my end. Um, but nonetheless, um, back to the film. It's just. <laughs> Did you open your window? <laughs> oh, damn it! <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna turn up the volume on this. <laughs> I mean, people need to get an experience of this. They can't be here for this, so, you know. <laughs> On this episode of Romance of the Snow, they talk about couples retreat while you hear, whoop, whoop. <laughs> God damn it. It adds to the spice. It adds to the character of the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. The tens of listeners deserve we- a full... 4D experience when listening to the podcast. We will never get questioned about where we truly live. <laughs> it is very evident through our podcast. <laughs> I'm already having more fun on this recording the podcast than I did watching the fucking film. I mean, that's uh, the point of shitless. We watch a bad movie I mean, and then we just like, you know, enjoy the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, as I was saying, they literally took the part where, you, you know, the worst part of a relationship and said, we have to make 90 minutes of that. And then we'll try to intersperse jokes there. And then at the end, they'll overcome it and everything will be okay. See, that's where I thought it had potential. Not the, not the, uh, relationship bickering shit. That stuff always makes me uncomfortable as it should. Like, yeah it was like when they actually did buckle down for a few minutes and have some real talk with each other or they showed actual communication i'm sitting there watching it like okay some of this i feel like is actually pretty accurate like it's not like they went the completely comedic route with it and just like have like the therapy sessions for example the couple's therapy sessions they could have they could have easily made all of them comedic where they're just like, we're going to make they, fun of, we're going to poke fun at the the bickering and shit like that. They kind of did, though. Inevitably, they did. Yes, that goes back to choosing the, making the wrong decisions as, as filmmakers. Because they started with scenes where some of that, the therapists were talking about legitimately fundamental issues and fundamental ways to solve those issues. Like, obviously, better communication, but also like, that whole scene with um... <laughs> the whole scene was what? 
Um, now, well, now I'm blanking on who it even was. It was the it was the the longer therapy session that they that they showed on screen. Uh, with uh, Vince Vaughn, Malin Ackerman. It was and, Vince Vaughn, right? Yeah. Yeah, and like how he was writing notes, and he would say like interesting and things like that. There was that was one, like, but then there was the one. There was one later in the film where they let. It was the two of them and the therapist on screen for a decent amount of time, where they weren't doing the cutaways that they had been doing. They yeah. left it on screen, and oh God, I wish I could fucking remember. That doesn't matter now, but I mean, yeah, but that one was kind of played for like the whole last, like uh, you know, Vince Vaughn being like the who's this guy I think he is, like he's trying to create you know an issue, and right, just like well, isn't there an issue? And it was just like, yeah, and it was just it almost was like they were trying to play it for laughs and also the like create the conflict that had to be overcome and then the conflict was just magically overcome when he shows up he finds her at the bar and realizes he doesn't want to talk to anyone else except her and go to the waterfall see and then there were like weird little gems like that where both of us were thinking like this feels really out of place like it, it it's nice and i was pleasantly surprised to see vince vaughn actually seemingly genuinely show emotion in a role mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like get soft and get like soft in a good way like soft yeah. get like emotional and vulnerable and like yeah. let his guard he, down he dropped a good line he like, dropped several in that scene he, he dropped a good line she had good responses and then they get to go be coupley at the waterfall which was the whole idea like between the two of them like the simplicity um, the simplicity of when Kristen bell's character asks him or says, you know, like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about me and my husband. If you're here to talk about that, just, you know, he, he doesn't break eye contact. He just goes, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to see my wife. Yeah. Oh. Like. It, I, like, it, and it was just like, but was, where was I, this? Because literally five minutes ago, you were with three other dudes pointing fingers at each other about the things that you were doing wrong in your relationship. And none of you seemed to be having a realization as to what, that you were doing the wrong things. Like, so like all of a sudden now that other dudes are pointing it out to you, now you figured it out. Like it, it's just the resolution. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. The res, there, were, there was no resolution. That's <laughs> yeah. There was there no wasn't. resolution. No, it was it was this haphazard thrown together. I think that's what's really bothering us is that this poor execution and poor script led to what we as the two of us usually look for in rom-coms, which is yeah. resolution of some sort. You have issues, of course. Rom-coms always have issues. There's always some sort of conflict on some level, character mm -hmm. development or character building, relationship building, whatever. And you resolve them. That's so what we always talk about. You invest, make me invest in this. Make me invest in this on-screen relationship and root for it. And they neither did, they neither built that nor resolved it. It was just like, we're going to go to Bora Bora. We're going to do some things we think are funny. And then, you know, and then basically, then just wrap it up in a bow by saying, uh oh you know you learned your lesson by you know figuring it out yourselves right and it's like it, it was a lot of going back to what you said before <laughs> the um jesus <laughs> that one okay one literally it was it must have been 50 feet tops above the treetops on Lakeshore Drive. It yeah. threw down a, on top of Lakeshore Drive traffic. Because it's the fucking air show. They do crazy shit. That, like, I watched the tops of the trees move with the, yes, because it's the fucking air show. That's what Holy they do. Holy God. I, okay, whatever. I don't know how those pilots do that shit. I would absolutely, I would have no liquids left in my body. <laughs> so you're saying i probably shouldn't have you as my wingman Iceman? not a literal not a literal one no 
<laughs> I'll stay on the ground. I'll be the controller. I'll be the guy with the headset. <laughs> I got a bogey on radar. Bank. <laughs> Um, anyway, what, what the fuck was I even saying? Uh, oh, what you said a long, long time ago that we keep circling back to, um, showing versus telling versus what was the third one? It was just implying it wasn't it. Yeah. It was like yeah. implying showing and telling Yeah. or some, I don't remember the exact words. Yeah, it was used, those but... three, it, like there is show, tell and implied. So like all they did was show no actually all they did was tell they just kept yeah. telling us this is how it is these are how these relationships are yeah what? like with fucking john favreau and krista davis's relationship they just told us how they got together in high school and she got pregnant and so then they missed out on their 20s because they were raising this kid and now they both have been cheating on each other and admitted it to each other but then decided like they were jealous of it so they got back together yeah I, that that's that was the worst resolution of all the yeah. two of them like how can you have other? a hand in writing this film as john favreau and give yourself that shitty of a storyline right like look at vince also, look what he gave himself like and also how can you have a hand in writing this film and put yourself in a harvey weinstein situation where you're getting a an erection from massage from masseuse. It's yeah. just like this was like, was this, was that like, okay in two thousand nine? I forget. It, it, it me too hadn't happened yet, and so therefore it was played off as a joke and not as it should be, which is sexual assault. <laughs> the sexual like like granted, voters happen, but the resolution. But he didn't play it off as like, holy fuck, I got aroused. I'm sorry. Like, it's... But then he, yeah, but then he plays it off horribly. Could you give me a whole, minute, kind of thing? Like, please leave like, the room. Like, yeah, like you know, I apologize. You know, like yeah, like like or I, you know, this wasn't the plan. And then he was like, I mean, we shouldn't take any options off the table. Like, yeah, is exactly. It, yeah. Like, as if he's gonna get a handy, and it's just like this is this is gross. This is horrible. I get I get that you're. That's what I mean with the sex jokes. It's like you keep yeah. you keep relying on them to actually be a larger portion of your comedy, and your it sex jokes shouldn't be that. You're pushing you're pushing it too far and relying on it too much. Because they didn't have anything other than the sex exactly. jokes. Exactly. Bora Bora. They're just like. We want to go to Bora Bora and we want to go film with all these actors' names on it, and we know it will make money. Um, it really lacks a, substance. It do we really have a, lacks substance. Do we have a script? Eh, we can figure it out there. I mean, we have an outline. Yeah. That works. Let's go ahead and make it happen. And I feel like they had they had the final scene with Vince Vaughn and Melon Ackerman. Like, they had that. They're like, this is how I want this. At least Vince did. Uh, he was probably like, this is how I wanted to conclude. I don't know how we get there, but let's work backwards from there. Yeah. I have yeah, a rom-com finale in my mind. Let's go with that. That's pretty, that's just how this whole entire film felt. And that's probably why it felt out of place at the end too. Yeah. And so I want to use a, a line that uh, I just saw in the latest episode of Ted Lasso, um, which I, is an episode that I immediately watched twice. I might watch it again today. Um, but he mentions that he believes in rom communism. <laughs> he says he says to his team, "I'm a communist. I'm a, I believe in communism, rom communism. <laughs> I believe that with rom coms, like with everything in a rom cop, that you know, no matter what, everything will work out as it sh exactly as it should. And like." And that's the whole idea behind a rom-com is that. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
was that like was it loud on your end because jesus it was loud on my end but seeing you literally cower into your chair was some of the funniest shit. oh my god oh my god holy shit that was terrifying like because i saw i saw the shadow of it on the park on the tops of the trees and i saw it coming directly at my building and then i looked up over my monitor and suddenly this fucking giant blue fuselage goes screaming past as it's nosing up right in front of my building i do not have any liquids left in my body <laughs> that coffee is gone. That you. coffee is it's gone. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> it's alright, but like the thing that the whole rom communism argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything works out as it should. And that and, and that you know, we watch the, the lives of these people come together. And you know it all works, and it all works out because, and in essence, it all works out there because things don't necessarily work out in real life. And yeah, so, what happens when they go back home? And, yeah, that's kind of why I do the what happens ever after because I like to splash the the, the splash reality on it because it's just yeah. it's kind of fun to do so. But like in this film they never they never did the they never did the part where it was just like things happen you know like exactly as they should quote unquote if like there was no fantasy provided here it was just the reality of couples who probably shouldn't be together anymore uh yeah pretty much based on what they provided to us but it happened to be in bora bora and it happened to have some actors that were well known. They're coming your way. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> as far as what happens after ever after, I think three of the four couples break up. The recently reunited uh, yeah. uh Shane and uh Jennifer. Yep. Because she she had to have sex with other dudes after they got divorced to realize what she was missing, which was the same, which is basically the same exact storyline as John Favreau and Chris Davis's storyline. Which of yeah. course theirs doesn't last because it's just like they neither of them. I don't know. Maybe they are perfect for each other because like Jesus, same kind of crazy maybe. And then Jason Bateman's character was the worst. I hated him. But like he guilts I, I used Vince to Vaughn, see him to a point. He guilts Vince Vaughn into doing this for the, for the marriage, and then like and then basically when they get there, they find out about like how you know how much of a bullshit that this is like that, and uh, yeah, I like. I love you, Max, but if this situation ever happened where you got me to go to Bora Bora and then I found out I had to take couples therapy classes against <laughs> my goddamn will in order to stay. I would I, hope that you would be a friend and put your fucking foot down and say, look, first of all, I personally do not want to do this. Secondly, as your friend, bias aside... I don't think this is a good idea. No, it would it would be much simpler than that. I would be I would send you a Venmo or PayPal or Cash App request for the airfare to and from that bitch that you would be recouping me on because they wouldn't be refunding it to me. <laughs> they said they weren't refunding airfare, but they were going to refund my trip. All right, so then someone else going to have to refund my goddamn airfare because I ain't paying for that shit. Well, that's what I mean. I wish you'd like. You got to put your foot down at that presentation. Like, just be like, look, great presentation. You know, maybe touch on the graphics that I inevitably put in that presentation that are bomb as fuck. And just be like, but no, 
just no, we're not doing that. No, no. For this reason and this reason, I'll give you all the reasons, but no. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and then you break into my home and then my, and then the fucking kids, I don't want, we don't want you to get divorced. You have to, ugh, this film is frustrating as fuck. Like, okay. like if you want to, if you want to go on a couple's retreat, that actually could be fun. But like, they should have actually gone on a couple. Now I'm speaking as if I was in the characters' lives, trying to mediate these couples, as if they were actual real couples, which this movie really doesn't. It doesn't tell us they are. Like, it doesn't really provide that. So anyway. Well, they get they get animals at the end though, and then they get to go on jet skis. That was so. again another so, yeah. random ass resolution. Like the fuck these come out of nowhere just because you mentioned spirit animals two or three times in the script earlier and it was all it was all just to set up the astro really like really yeah solid joke but really you, you spent an hour and 50 minutes setting that up really <laughs> yeah pretty much um uh like i've said with other shitless movies it's got potential it just ruined by a lot of horrible choices like the basic bones are there. You could have actually developed like the Vince Vaughn and Malin Ackerman storyline into a decent, you know, romantic storyline. It was there. <sighs> well, uh, what do you think the kiss of the film is? Would it be Vince Vaughn and Malin Ackerman at mm. the waterfall? Um, I guess. Because I wouldn't give it to fucking Favreau and Davis at the... Oh, no. Fuck off no. with that shit. That's... No. Um, I don't... I was trying to think, do they kiss... Do they kiss when he comes back to the bar and says, I just want to see my wife? And they leave no. together? He, no. They don't know, yeah. They kiss at the waterfall. Yeah, it'd have to be the waterfall. That's the typical rom-com kiss. That was a solid kiss. He had a weird... I mean, it's Vince Vaughn. It's tough to get behind. I'm sorry. It's Vince Vaughn. Yeah, and there's and they were laying down, which is in, like, like seated, like in the seated laying position. Yeah, which, which is, is kind an of an awkward... Position. It's an awkward position. And then... He was like, he like they did the whole like half lip thing, where like he was he had his two lips up on her upper lip, and then so like it was almost like their mouths were sixty nine. Oh uh, yeah, in a weird way. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> my brain just started to visualize I, that. I like, know. I just, it was like. I literally did not plan on saying that their mouths were 69ing. Oh, oh my god, the imagery. Well, I give it a C. Just a C. Just because Bora Bora Waterfall, that was all pretty. But it's a C. I'd give it a B because uh, yeah, I mean the setup and execution of the of the setting was amazing. Very rom commy, very cheesy, but I mean you know, we didn't get cheesy anything else in the movie. It was pretty bland of or devoid of actual romance. So mm -hmm. to finally have a scene like that, I think that's why I latched onto the scene where Vince Vaughn opens up and comes back just to see his his partner, his equal. Like, because it's like those are the few scenes that are kind of sweet. And, yeah. uh, you know, being your true self and being vulnerable in the moment when the moment calls for it um with someone that you trust i i love that message but like come on give us more of that so anyway now i'm getting into the verdict but the kiss yeah i'd give it a b just for that well go into the verdict what is it well i think exactly what i already said it's just like i liked the potential that they did tease us with in a couple scenes a couple of the storylines had potential and for it to be a rom-com that I would consider successful on this podcast for between us, it was missing that for me. 
did I go in expecting that? Not at all. Like I knew it was going to be a wedding crashers type of rom-com, you know, more gags, more funny, supposed to be a little more lighthearted. But then they hit us with like actual romantic dynamic problems. Like there were some very real issues brought up in this movie between couples. So it's like, okay, you can't, you can't hit us with those tease us with a couple scenes of like kind of real connection between two people and then fill in the rest with very shallow kind of substanceless filler. A lot of it just felt like fluff. But I can't, I can't kill it. I can't. It actually had enough that I would be like, yeah, it, it was, it was entertaining. It was like, it was like fool's gold where it's like the story is crap. The dialogue is crap. Some of the character dynamics are crap, but God damn it. The scenery is amazing. First of all. That already bumps it up. It's worth seeing for that. But I can't kill it. It's got to be a fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, I killed this movie. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna leave it at I'm gonna leave it at that because I'm gonna put in as much effort as they put in to make the film. So <laughs> we can That's find fair. our That's social. Fair. That's very fair. <laughs> You can find our socials. Uh, our show's Instagram is at Bromancing the Stone Podcast. All one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. Uh, you can find our Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod. That's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. And then you can find me on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super. So S U P R Market Sweep. And you can find me on Instagram at Relusa88, and that's R-E-L-U-S-A-88. Then Max? On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. And it we something I've figured out while on the toilet <laughs> is that <laughs> shitless month isn't quite over yet. We have because this is uh, one of those rare months where we have five Mondays in it. So we still have one more shitless movie to do this year. Uh, and, that might have been one of the more depressing things that yeah we, we've started a morning with. I was re- I was ready to try something else. I but... was I was really looking forward to talking to you today, man. Like when we. When we when you logged on this morning, I was like, I'm pumped. I almost t- texted you at eight thirty and was like, let's fucking do this shit. <laughs> and I then mean, you hit me with that depressing bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, unfortunately, we got one more. It is my choice, and I saw if you like this film, you'll like another film, and. <laughs> Uh, I think I remember what it's called. <laughs> I don't. You already told me, and I don't. Uh, uh, Is it the Catherine Heigl one? Yeah, it's Catherine Heigl and uh, Josh Duhamel in Life as We Know It. It's a 2010 rom-com. If that doesn't sound like the makings of a shitless movie, I don't know what is. Yeah. Uh, like, wasn't is. the first shitless movie we had was Ugly Truth, wasn't it? Yes. That's what got this whole shit started, this whole trend. Yes, because we watched 27 Dresses, and then you decided to keep the right. Captain Agle going by choosing The Ugly Truth, which thus inspired Shitless Month. That is, that is, you know, the patron saint of Shitless Month, The Ugly Truth, although the first shitless movie we ever reviewed wasn't in shitless month actually it was the wedding planner we both that was the first one we both killed i believe the Um, wedding planner yeah that was the first movie we both killed huh yeah it's that bad um this one's on netflix so hey there's that um okay about fucking time yes stoked for that 
Uh, it's also got Melissa, Melissa McCarthy in it. Really? And it's got Josh Lucas, who was the main male character in Sweet Home Alabama. And Christina Hendricks, who... What? Uh, played, and who played Joan in Madden. So, something to look forward to. Interesting. That's a strange grouping. I agree. Um, okay. <laughs> well. Life uh, as we know it. All right. One more life, shit list. Life as we know it. One Gosh, more shit list to go. Uh, All right. That gives us another week to plan September's theme. Yeah. Uh, we we have an idea. We have um, an idea. So, until then, for the tens and sets of listeners, we love y'all. And we thank you for giving us a listen today. Have a great rest of the week. I love you guys.